Come on, why don't you give him praise right now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, before I get into the, um, the messages, today is going to be part two of spiritual authority. And uh, one of the things that I um, that we talked about last week was um, spiritual authority and the high place where it comes from, which of course it comes from Jesus Christ. Um, but um, one of the things that I wanted to uh, just point out today is that this is one of the one of the uh, one of the best. There's other books, but this one particularly uh, really simplifies uh, spiritual authority and the limitations of spiritual authority. This is by John Paul Jackson. Um, um, we get excited. We start um, doing things that we're not authorized to do because we're not prepared for or we're not called to it. And no one really teaches us that. And as a result of that, we find ourselves in deeper trouble than we would normally be or we become a casualty of war. It's like ministry. You know, sometimes people are so excited to do ministry, they go out before their time. And when they go out before their time, things don't work right. And as a result, they get, they get, um, they get um, uh, very, dis, um, uh, um, very saddened or very discouraged about why things have not worked. And a lot of times it is, um, most people don't know that if you go out before your time, the enemy will just tear you up man, because it hasn't been your time yet. And so um, I would advise you and I would uh, admonish you to get this book called, it's by John Paul Jackson, the late John Paul Jackson, Needless Casualties of War. It's a, it's a great book. It's a book that I think that every believer should have. There's other books of authority, but I like this particular one uh, because of the fact that it breaks it down and simplifies it for us, and it also gives us an insight to the things that God does um, with his people and for his people. Amen? All right, so let's go to Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 15 through 23. You can put it up on the screen for me, and we're going to read it together. Um, as I said last week, I think that every believer ought to... Um, Read this, chapter number one. Amen. Somebody say, God is good. You should make notes on some of this stuff because some of the stuff um, you could pray over, re-look re at it to secure yourself. Um, one of the things that we, we've got to get into is the ascension, ascending into the heavenly place. And we'll talk about that at a later time. And... Uh, but we need to get into the place of ascension into the higher place, the place of authority. All right, Ephesians chapter number one, starting with verse number 15. This is pr the prayer of Paul to the Ephesian church. He said, therefore, I also, after I heard of you, uh, heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, and cease not to give thanks, uh, thank, give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Okay, and he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Say, I need the spirit of wisdom. Say, I need the spirit of wisdom. Okay, I need the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. Say, I need the revelation of Jesus. Say it one more time, I need the revelation of Jesus. Jesus is open to you to give you the spirit of wisdom and to give you the revelation of who he is in your life in every other area 
that you need him to reveal himself. Sometimes revelation. So Jesus can be a healer to you, but he can also be a provider to you. And sometimes it doesn't cross over. And so we need to know that he is everything that we need. Somebody say Jesus is everything we need. And the thing that he has given us, he, the Bible says that he has given us all things that pertain to what? Life and what? And godliness. That means that you have everything that's available to you. Somebody say amen. So I'm glad that everything's available to me. The problem is, is that many of us won't go get it. We think that it's just going to come to us. It just doesn't come, y'all. You have to go get it. You have to go after it. You have to seek it. You have to find it. You have to knock on the door so it can open up to you. You have to seek these things, kingdom. And let me just say this to you also. The treasures of the kingdom are not for the swine. I'm going to say it again. The treasures of the kingdom are not for the swine. It's not for those that take the word of God and just throw it off to the side somewhere like it doesn't mean anything. You have to have value in the word of God. You have to have it by faith. You have to know that when you read the word of God, it is valuable to you. It is valuable to your life. It is valuable to your family. It is valuable to every area of your life. If you don't show value to it, doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. And sometimes we've got to be very careful about reading the word of God and just throwing it away. Amen. Amen. And the reason why we need to do that is because, okay, if he's given us all things, uh, the life and guidance, that means that every single word that he speaks is valuable. It is a treasure. The Bible talks about a treasure that is hid in the field. Unless you go after the treasure to find the treasure, you will never receive the treasure. Or if somebody, you know, it's, it's a saying that says that sometimes when people give stuff, just keep giving stuff to you, and you never work for it, you don't have value for what's been given to you. Amen. When you go to work every day, when you, when you uh, get up and you go to work every day and you receive a check at the end of the week or whenever you get paid, that is valuable to you because you work to receive. And sometimes we don't know the to us. But there are some things, there are some treasures that you're not going to get unless you go after it. And one of the treasures that we have to go after is the authority of Christ in us, amen, and the ability to walk in the supernatural things of God at a higher level than what we have ever seen before. And the year 2020 is going to be one of those years that those that are seeking after God, God's grace to walk in these things are going to be upon your life. Now, if you don't want it, hey, that's fine. But for those of us that are seeking the face and, and getting into the will of God, into the mandate of God, into the principles of God, into the things that God wants us to do, we're going to have to go deeper because there is a clarion call out into all the world into the deep. Amen. And so, uh, uh, so the next scripture, 18, it says that the eyes of your understanding be light, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, which is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? I just love that verse. The working of his mighty power. Somebody said the mighty power of God. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. And what kind of places? Heavenly places. Okay. 
So he is sitting in heavenly places. Now notice what it says. Far above what? All what? Principalities and powers and might and dominion in this world, but also in that which is to what? Come. Okay? So Christ has risen far above that. That means he's above the principalities. He's above the powers. He's above the might. He's above the dominion. That means that he holds all the power in his hand. Somebody say amen. You ought to be glad that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? Because he took the power from the enemy. Okay? And Colossians and also in Galatians, it talks about he made an open show of the devil. He delivered us from the curse of the law. And now he tells us that we are able through the work of the cross, through the work of the Christ Jesus, through work, the work of Christ Jesus, that we are able now to rise up and sit in heavenly places. And he had put all things in, which is his what? Body, the bomb. So um, second, um, Ephesians chapter number two. And this, should, this, this actually should help us, okay? How many believe the word of God? Every word in the word is true. Somebody say amen. Every word in the word of, the word of God is true. Now, just because you don't believe it does not make it not true. It's still true anyhow, all right? And those of us that want to believe it, that is having problems believing this, we need to work on our belief system so we can believe it. It is a work. Somebody said it's a work. I don't know why we think that we come into salvation, everything's just going to be given to us. You're going to have to work for some things. You're going to have to dig for some stuff. Salvation is free, but if you want to know him, you're going to have to go after him. Well, let's go to verse number three. Among whom also we have a conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But notice what it says in verse four. But God, who is what? Rich and what? who was rich in mercy, for he is great love wherewith he loved us. God loves you. Now, I don't care how you might feel, and I really don't care about, about when you say people don't love you, but there's one fact that cannot be discriminated or cannot be uh, come against, that God loves you, regardless of how you feel. He still loves you. He wants you. He does. Now, I'm going to make a statement. Some of you might find it kind of odd the way I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyhow because it's going to be a fact, is that there are going to be many people that's going to leave before the year is out. And the reason why is because he loved them so much. You know why? Because if he allowed them to continue, they won't make it. Somebody ought to say man. You can get that in uh, um, Isaiah chapter number 57. Okay. God loves people. And God will move heaven to get someone saved. He has openly come down to, the, to those that outside the Muslims and some of those faiths that are outside of the realm of what we consider to be God realm and have showed himself and they're getting saved by the thousands. And they, they, they have, God has used some of these people mightily. Amen. It says, now notice what this is, Isaiah 57 and 1, it says, the, the righteous pairs of no man lay it to heart and merciful men are taken away. None consider 
that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He shall enter into, a, uh, into peace, and they shall rest in their beds, and each one walking uprightly. Okay? I'm going to have to come off the scene in order to stay saved. Amen. Hello. And we ought to be happy. Because it's not any of us, we want to see any of our loved ones and some of the people that we're around, we don't want to see any of them to go to hell. We don't want to see it. We would rather for the Lord to take them early so they can be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, all right. So in Ephesians, um, go back to Ephesians chapter number two, verse number six, and then we're gonna, um, I'm going to start in on this. And it says that, even when we were dead in sins, have, have quickened us together or made alive. That word quicken is to make a Christ. By grace, we are what? Saved. So um, I'm going to say this too because it's necessary for me to say this. I don't care how goody-two-shoe you are. Your righteousness is as a filthy rag. Okay? You cannot keep the law. It's impossible. You cannot keep, you know, when the scripture says thou shall not, you can't do it. It's impossible. The only way that you can do it is that you are, knows my language, hidden in him. And I'm going to tell you how to hide yourself in him because it's part of the authority. Is there sometimes you've got to retreat to get more instructions. Sometimes you've got to be retreat in order to be protected. All right? Now, notice what it says. It says, he's risen us together, made us to sit together in what kind of places? Heavenly places in what? Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Now, that's an interesting statement because what it means is that we're going to be on display for all of eternity before everything that God has created to show how much love he has for these people that's made in his image that fell, and through his grace, he saved us. And he's going to make an open show of it. Everybody been to a picture show? I'm using old language from the Kenneth Hagin days. He said an old, a picture show. And what he said was that, that, that God is going to play his redemption throughout the ages of those, throughout the ages to come, to show all that he has created, how good and how wonderful and how great he has been toward us that has been made in his image. Amen. Okay. All right. So, listen. Last week we talked about uh, spiritual authority, and we talked about it in the, in, in, in the respect of the fact that we uh, have been raised up together with him, and we are sitting right now in heavenly places. We are actually sitting, or we should be sitting, in the place of rest. There should be no worries in your life. There should be no kinds of problems that's going on in your life that will take you away from God's grace in your life. But the Lord does what? Delivers us out of every single what? One of them. He delivers us. Somebody say, he has delivered me, and he's going to deliver me. Now, one of the things that we that are believers have got to understand is that we have authority in him. Somebody said, I have authority. 
Authority, I want you to write this down if you can or, or put it in your mind. Authority is dictated by purpose. Okay. Authority is dictated by purpose. If there's no purpose, there's no authority. The gospel of Jesus Christ has given us a purpose. His purpose is for us to go out into the world and declare his gospel. And when we declare his gospel, and when men hear the gospel because we are in a state of blindness, but when they hear the gospel, it didn't say see the gospel, but when they hear the gospel, it comes in their heart, it changes their heart that they can come out of darkness into his marvelous life. The only thing that can change that is the hearing of the gospel. Now, in order to hear the gospel, you just can't hear the gospel. And this is for all, every single person that's under the sound of my voice. You cannot just hear the gospel and you cannot just preach the gospel. You got to manifest the gospel. The gospel is power. The gospel is power. Somebody said the gospel is power with it. You cannot just teach the gospel and there's no power demonstrated. You just cannot say stuff and think that things are going to happen with no gospel. You've got to declare the word of God and what you are saying and what you are doing so people can hear the gospel and see the gospel in action, not only in your life, but also in their life. People need to be set free. How many know people need to be set free? I mean, you go to your family members, you can go to your neighbor, you can go to some people on the job, and you right away will say they need some deliverance. But the only way they're going to get delivered, the only way they're going to get delivered is that the arm of God has got to come down and save them. You are the arm of God. You are the holy ones that are filled with the gospel and people's life because you hold the power and the authority of God in your life. The Bible says that we sit in what kind of places? We sit in heavenly places. That means places of authority, places of authority in Christ. And your authority is limited to your purpose. Amen? All right. So let me just give you uh, uh, some, some scriptures about who you are in Christ. Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and all, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be at any means hurt you. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils, say all devils, and to cure diseases. Okay? Matthew 18, 18, I say unto you, whosoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Somebody say amen. God blessed them and said unto them, this is Genesis 1:28. this is our original position, be fruitful, multiply, replenish there, and subdue it. Somebody said, I'm going to subdue something. You've been made to subdue something and have a dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. Somebody say amen. He and John, 1 John 3, 18, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Somebody said, I'm going to destroy the works of the devil. That's why I was born again. I came to destroy the works of the devil. Somebody said, that's why I was born again. I'm looking to destroy something. 
I mean, think about it. Some of us like to destroy stuff. Some of us like to destroy stuff. You know, the, you know, you get a hammer. I remember when, in a, at my old church, um, the we we had an old uh, a baptismal pool, and uh, me and the fellow minister, we said we want we want a new pool, and they hadn't decided on whether they want they wanted to do it then or do it later. So I said, you know what we're gonna do? Let's just te- go ahead and tear it down. And we took a sledgehammer and we started busting away at it. It was fun. It was busting up something, and we found out that we demolished it. Amen? You want to demolish the devil's works in your life, don't you? Y'all don't seem like y'all want him to be working in your life? You know if he works in your life, he's going to build an arsenal on you and then going to destroy you. Because the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have what? And have it more what? Abundant. How many want to live in the abundance? So you have responsibility of destroying the works of the enemy. And your life and those that you have been assigned to you based on your purpose. Did you hear what I said? You've been designed to destroy the works of the devil, not only your own life, but also those that have been assigned to you based on purpose to destroy the works of the enemy in their lives too. And maybe, maybe sometimes, I think sometimes we get too used to the power of God. We get just too used to it. I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it used to be a time where uh, I was listening to the program. It used to be a time where people would line up in the prayer lines at church. And they would come up and they would make statements like this. I want more of God. They would sit there and they come in and say, I'm standing in proxy for my brother, my sister, my mother, my, my daughter, my son. I'm standing in proxy. I want to see God save them. I want to see God deliver. I want to see God heal them. And then I, there would be people that come up and would say, I'm, 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 t- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to testify. I'm trying to get my, my, this person on my job saved because I know that their life is miserable and I know that there was a hope that is in Christ and I need to know revelation. I need to know, have some more information about how I can do this through the Holy Spirit. This is the kind of requir- prayer list that will come up in the prayer line. Hallelujah. But today you don't have a lot of, a lot of those type of requests. You know the type of requests you have? I need um I need um some I need to pay my house note. I need to pay my car note. I need to this. I need that. I need not even attached to the purpose of God. Let me tell you something. If you attach your life to the purpose of God, he'll take care of your life. Anybody saying nothing? We can't stand in the authority. We cannot stand in authority and think that God is going to keep blessing us when all we're talking about is us. Time out for that now. I'm sorry to say it. It's time out for those kind of blessings. You might not get it. Because God is looking for people that has his heart, that has his, his purpose. You might have to go through your, what you go through because you don't have your purpose tied to him. Hallelujah. I know y'all might not like it. It's all right. It's right anyhow. Amen? He says, whoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, our, even our faith. How be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all what? Truth. Whoever he shall hear shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, I'm going to just tell you that. 
Now, this has to do with the operation of the Spirit, which I'll have to talk about in another series. But this is how the Spirit of God operates, and this is where we need to be able to send to in order to see what God is doing, hearing what God is doing, manifest what God is doing. When we come out of that, we come and we command the thing, and the thing will happen. Amen. It says, for this call, the enemy shall rot, Deuteronomy 28, 7. Um, <clears throat> it says, the Lord shall cause thy enemy that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, but flee before the seven ones. to harm you, and you'll find out that when it all comes out, they'll be so humiliated that they won't even be able to find themselves. That seven means perfect, right? It's a perfect runaway. It will be a perfect runaway. They're going to run from you seven ways. Amen. James 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will do what? Flee from what? It doesn't mean compromise with the devil. It, does, it means what? It means that you resist the devil. Okay? You can't resist the devil unless you have the Spirit of God and the Word of God in your life. Amen. All right. Somebody say amen. All right. So uh, I didn't say what, what, uh, what um, the name is. It's, this is uh, spiritual authority, part two. It has to do with the authority we have in earth. Somebody said earth, heavenlies, and over Satan. Because I think we have to redefine sometimes our prayers. We've got to redefine some things. Okay? So we, uh, we're talking about the authority that we have on earth, have in the heavenlies, and over Satan. Amen. Okay. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, I believe. Let me make sure I get it here. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 13. 2 Corinthians, and you need to underline this, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13. And I know that all of us, we, we really feel that, you know, God is really going to use us mightily, and, and, all, and he is, okay? But make sure you're within your authority. I'm going to go up and it says that, um, verse number 9, 2 Corinthians 10, 10, for these letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and is such as think this, that such as we are in the word by letter when we are absent, such we also be also indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that condemn that condemn themselves but they measure themselves by themselves comparing themselves among you are not wise and basically what it's saying is that there are people that are comparing themselves to each other looking at one person's work looking at another person's work and making determinations on who's better and who's not but notice what the scripture says in verse number 13 but we boost not other things without, without our measure. 
but according to the measure of the rule which Christ has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reach not unto you, for we have come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of our man's labor, but having hope when your faith is increased, that's that we should be enlarged by according to our, our rule of abundance. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boost in another man's line of things may ready be to our hand, readily be to our hand. But he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. Scripture. The word measure, if you look it up in the Greek, is uh, 3588, I believe. When you look it up, it says limitation which actually means there is a limit of your authority based on the measure and the purpose of God in your life. Amen? So there has been some ideals that's been going on around in the spiritual warfare movement for a long time. Some people believe that you can actually climb up and talk to principalities. Wrong thing. Your authority is basically... Right here on earth, you have limited authority on earth based on purpose. Somebody said, what is that authority? Will, will, will cause harm to you. And this is what he's talking about in John Paul Jackson's book, The Needless Casualty of War. People have an ideal that they are, have authority based on who they are and not authority based on who Christ has assigned them you to be. And so what you find is that there are people that are actually walking in authority that they should not have because they're not ready for that authority. Okay? So go to Mark 16, 16. Let's look at the limited of your authority on earth. Okay? Because if we, are, if we do not take care of our authority, then we're going to have some problems. Okay? So in uh, Mark 16 and 16, okay? Okay, this is the Great Commission, but I, I'm going to explain something about this. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven at, at the, and sat at meat and unbridled them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which have seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, and he's specifically talking to the, the eleven that was there, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believe and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be what? Damn. And notice what he says. These is, if you can mark this as your first state of authority. For those, for these believe. So how many believers that we have today? All right, so if you're a believer today, this is, your, you, you, this is what everybody in here can do. Amen? Somebody say Amen. Everybody in here to do. If you have the Holy Spirit in your life and you are saved and you have committed your life to Christ, you can walk in this day in and day out. You can lay down and do it in your sleep because it is, is given to you. He says, these shines shall follow them that believe that in my name they shall do what? Cast out what? Devil. Somebody say, I'm going to cast the devil out. Okay? Now, 
Um, let me qualify some things. To cast the devil out, first of all, you're casting the devil out of people because he has a work that he's doing in people. Let me say it again. The reason why you cast the devil out of people is because he's doing a work inside of people. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the reason why you cast the devil out is because the influence and the nature of the enemy is inside of that person doing a work inside of them to destroy their life and those that are associated with them. So you've got to get them out. If you get them out, what happens to the work? There's no more work. If you understand, how many understood what I just said? I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Let me restate it again in a different way. You have somebody that has an emotional problem. That emotional problem came because of trauma in their life at an early age. The enemy planned that I'm going to cause a trauma in this person's life. And because of this trauma in this person's life, the enemy orchestrated something to happen to them at an early age, and that traumatized them. Traumatized them to the point where they can't have good relationships. Traumatized to the point that they trust no one. Traumatized to the point that they are so stressed out that there's manifestations of sickness going on inside of their body from the time that happened until the time of their adulthood or whatever. Uh, things are happening in their body and is causing them to un make unhealthy decisions. And what happens is they go down, down, down. By the time they get to an older age, what you'll see is the fruit of what the enemy had worked on all through their life. You'll find sickness, you'll find anger, you'll find bitterness, you'll find all this stuff in their lives throughout their lives because the enemy has worked. Knows what I'm saying. He's working on their life to destroy their life so that by the time the station of the enemy in their life. Everybody, everybody got me? Hello? Hello? That's what the enemy does. It's the, same, it's the same scenario no matter who it is. He just used different tools for different people. But it's the same. He wants to manifest to destroy your life. The enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and what? Destroy. So what he does is that he starts stealing things that God has given you at birth. He start, he, the first thing he does is start stealing your true identity away when you are born. And how he does that is through educating you through systems. Then problems issues because what he's doing is recalibrating your mind so that you can operate in a place of destruction and not a place of blessings and so he orchestrates that and he, he manipulates that and so we begin to all of us have have, been, have some some bad experiences in life how many had bad experiences when you're little why? Why is that? Why is that? How is that possible? That's possible because the enemy starts working even before you're born. 
He starts working on you. He starts working on your life. As soon as you are conceived, the enemy starts conceiving a plan to destroy your life. So when you come out of the womb, he starts that very first day to start destroying you. Hello? Think about it. There's some things that you wish you never went through. There's some things that you experienced that you never wish you experienced. There are things that you got involved in that you made a bad decision about, and it made things worse. These are all plans of the enemy because he comes to destroy you. He comes to destroy your life. He comes, that's his plan. I don't know why people don't see that. The enemy is out to destroy you, and he'll smile on your face and have a knife in his back, ready to kill you when you turn your face. He'll put you out on a limb, and then, and like Chester the cat, start sawing you off while he's smiling. And all of a sudden, you're like, boom. He wants to destroy you. And so God, through his grace and his mercy, he has saved some of us. He has put power in some of us so that when we meet you, when we come into a connection with you, there is a power that is emanating from us that will cause the enemy to stand back, stand down, because we're getting ready to get rid of you. So that those that love you can live in life. And those that God loves, they will see the glorious gospel at work. And not only hear the glorious gospel about there is a hope. You can live better than what you're living. But you can also get rid of that emotional scar. He can heal you from that emotional impact. He can heal you from the things that you don't think you can be healed from. Because God has sent This is why it's so important to live right. Nobody don't want to, you got trouble and I got trouble. All we can do is talk about our trouble. You can't give me any solutions for my problems. You got a problem, I got a problem. All we can do is have discussions and come up with some ideals, but that's no real deliverance. That's not really delivering me from my problem because I still got to live with myself. After I come out of the talk meetings, I got to live with myself. Now, I'm not saying that I think those things are good. I think we need to talk about something. Because some, the Bible talks about confession is actually good for the soul. You know, it cleanses you, right? So sometimes we need to talk this stuff out, right? But see, many of the problems that we have is that we talk this stuff out, but don't do about it and do something about it so that you can hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have to cast the devil out. Somebody say, I need to cast the devil out. Now, here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a spiritual law. You all need, you all put this in play. You can't cast the devil out if the person don't want to get rid of the devil. It doesn't work. You can say that all you want. Now, there are, there are times where you can call, cause a, a, a fellowship or you can cause an atmosphere to cause the devil to run out of you for a time. But when you get outside of that atmosphere, he's going to run back in you. Amen. There was a lady that um, uh, when we were on Eight Mile, she came into the church and, and um, the service is really, really manifesting God's presence and power. And she tried to go outside the door. And as she came outside the door, she fell on the ground. And they said, and I wasn't there, I didn't hear it, but this is what they told me. They came back and told me, it says, we saw this lady open her mouth up and she was out. And, the, and, and a voice came out of her mouth and said, we have to get out of here. 
we have to get out of here. And so now the person obviously was trying to leave, but the power of God apprehended her before she left. And the enemy says that I'm going to, we're going to have to leave out of here. We're going to have to leave this body here, and we're going to go out. We'll just wait for her outside the door. Now, I don't know what happened to her. I don't, can't tell you. I understand um, that even dealing with uh, trying to cast devils out of people, that people are not willing to let it go. The devil has a stronghold, and it will stay there. Okay? So your limit of authority is also limited to choice of the person. Somebody ought to say amen. All right. Notice, and um, um, it says that these shall find in my in the in my name in my name they shall cast out devils, amen. They shall speak with new tongues. I don't know why people are against tongues. I do not know why. Tongues is heaven's language. It is the spirit that is inside of you that is connected to the spirit of God, and we communicate through tongues. You gain authority communicating. Your man, your soulish mind isn't praying, but your spirit man is praying. And so because of that, you have the authority to ascend in this place, in the spirit, to begin to have a conversation with God because the Bible said we can go boldly before his what? Throne, right? You can enter into his throne. Somebody said, I can enter in. How many want to enter in? You should be there already. You should be already there. You should be able to go into tongues at any time to get an answer to some of your problems. This is your authority. This is where you can come boldly. You see, you can't come boldly unless you're authorized to come boldly. He authorized. So you, you can't, anybody just can't go up to the God, but all his people have the, have the authority to come boldly to the throne of grace. Somebody say, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. How many is going to go boldly to the throne of grace? All right. It says, you shall take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not what? Harm you. There's a scripture in the Bible in the New Testament where it talks about um, how faith grows. How many have faith? You always say, you got to say some stuff with some boldness, y'all. Y'all like, Yeah, that's nice. You know, get some tenacity, you know. For, for us men, we ought to say, yeah, some boldness about it. We were taught in school that when you talk about the word of God, have some tenacity, have some boldness about the word of God that's in your life. Right? You want God to be bold about you, right? When you want the blessings to come, you want a thunder sound that comes from heaven. Do it. But we got to respond the same way to God, okay? We got to respond with some authority. We got to respond with authority. Amen? That don't mean that you have to be loud or anything like that. Um, I remember my father, um, when we were coming up, all we had to do was hear his voice and to straighten us out. He would come into the household and he would say stuff and everybody was like, everybody. Dad's home. Because his voice would scare you. <laughs> Amen? You got to respond. You got to have it so that your voice will scare the enemy. Not because of your voice, but because God is in your voice. The Spirit of God is inside of your voice. And when he speaks, he's speaking through you, and there should be some authority that's going on in your voice. So you ought to talk some stuff. Amen? You gotta, sometimes you've got to get some authority going on inside of you. Amen? Amen. Okay, so 
So he says, if you drink any daily thing, here's the thing about what the enemy tries to do. He's going to try to destroy you any way he can. In this, in this particular verse, he's talking about if you pick up any deadly thing or if you drink any deadly thing that will not harm you, okay? Now, you got to be able to get into the, the realm of faith that your DNA changes in your body. You know, the snake handlers, you know the Pentecostal snake handlers? Y'all know those. They, 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 they sing the songs of Zion and stuff like that. And if a snake bite them, it's a denotes that a person doesn't have faith. But it's, it's interesting. Um, they denote that some of these people down there um, get bitten by poison snakes and they never die. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm not doing that. All I'm trying to say is that they got to the place where they actually believe what that word says, and when the snake bites them, they don't die. Now, it just so happened that the leader of it, he got bitten by a snake, and he died. <laughs> I said this is interesting to note, but we have to get to the place that if things happen to us unknown, why do you think that when, you, when the accident comes, some, some of us don't ever get hurt? The car be crushed up, and you just get out of there a little dazed. Because guess what? There's angels that's protecting you. Your car can roll over, and you just get rolling over, and you say, wow, what happened there? And you get out of the car, and you might just have a little scratch on you. There's an angel of protection around you because you are a child of God, and there's no harm that's going to come to you. Because if it ain't your time, you ain't going nowhere. You got to finish your mission. Your purpose, your mission has got to be fulfilled. And most people don't understand is that the reason why you're still here is because you got something to fulfill. You got to fulfill what God has called you to do. You're not going anywhere until you get in step with God, unless you decide, I be careful about that. Okay. And then he says, you will be able to lay hands on the sick. Somebody say, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. Say, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. I'm going to use burn that. <laughs> I'm going to lay hands on the sick. <laughs> and the Bible says that when you lay hands on the sick, guess what it says? That they will what? They shall what? Now, look at the word it says recover. It means that they don't automatically get healed all at once. Actually, the word is talking about applied medicine. That when you lay hands on them, working like medicine, and the Bible says they shall what? Recover. You call them the next day, how you feel? I'm feeling much, much better. Sometimes you call the next day, he says, I'm all healed. You lay hands on some people. And nothing happens. You got to wonder if they want to get healed or not. I'm just putting a, a, a disclaimer in there. You can't go against people's will. There's some people that like to collect unemployment checks and like to collect disability checks. Ain't nobody saying nothing. God heals them, they're going to lose their check. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's just true. People want their checks. And if it's a little limp to get my check, I'll limp. Telling you like it is. This is what we got to contend with. You're talking about limitation of authority. I'm trying to get you to see there's authority that will actually do the work, and there's authority that is limited by what people want. There's a difference. Okay? Somebody else say amen. 
All right? And then it says, and they shall recover. Somebody said they shall recover. They shall recover. So, uh, so those are earthly. Now, you can deal with any demon here on earth. And there's some bunch of them there. There are ranks of demons, spiritual wickedness. Amen? There are demons that actually cause wicked things to happen. Okay? Then there are the demons and principalities. You know, people talk about, I showed this clip uh, Thursday, but people talk about uh, the devil in hell. And when they cast devils out there, I'm going to send you back to hell where you came from. They're not going back to hell. Hell, hell, they ain't got there yet. They're not over hell. Y'all know that, right? Jesus says, I took the keys of what? Death, hell, and what? The grave. So who's in charge of hell? Jesus. So the, the enemy doesn't have no charge of hell. Jesus got the charge. Somebody ought to say amen. This is why the Bible says that when you cast the devil out of a person, they walk around in dry places. There's nowhere to land. And they walk around to find out who they can come in and have comfort. Guard your heart. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get everybody to see that you have authority and you don't have to submit to the authority of the enemy. You submit yourself to the lordship of Jesus and you'll have authority over the enemy. You don't have to have the enemy mess with your head every single day. You get up and you're just full of all kinds of cares and all this kind of stuff. And one of the biggest problems is and one of the greatest deceptions that the enemy has is the cares of life. Let me just give you a couple more scriptures here. Okay. Every believer has the ability, I'm just going to go through these real quick. Every believer has the ability to cast devils out, speak in tongues, you get protection from the enemy. You can preach the gospel of reconciliation, and you don't need a license. Y'all didn't hear that. You can preach the gospel of reconciliation, and you don't need a license. You can tell somebody about the goodness that you've been authorized to preach the gospel of reconciliation. You have a power to destroy the work of, the, of Satan or the schemes and plans of Satan because... He's been disarmed in Colossians 2.15 and Galatians 3.13. He's been disarmed from any kind of power unless somebody gives it to him. Okay? And so what the enemy is trying to do is to attack you. Somebody say he's trying to attack me. And uh, Corinthians, the second chapter, that we talk, he talks about the, the, the things that the enemy will do to you, and these are a list of things that you need to know what the enemy is doing. There's five things you might want to write these um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things down. Okay. The first thing he wants to attack your body. He wants to bring addiction on you, sickness on you, weakness on you, and weariness on you. Okay. All those are works of the enemy, and he works on it by giving you a plan for your own life. You didn't hear me. He does this by giving you a plan for your own life. So you're trying to work your life out without God. Which causes it. He afflicts your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, your will. He afflicts your emotions. He calls turmoil in your mind. He calls accusations. 
temptation and con condemnation. Let me just talk about condemnation. Many of us that are in the body of Christ, and even in here right now, we have failed to live up to God's expectation in our own mind. We have done something that we shouldn't have done, and we regret it. And because we regret it, we say we're not worthy. Have anybody ever felt that way? You don't have to raise your hand. You feel as though you can't do it, and so what you have And the Bible gives us solutions, but for some reason we don't look at the solution because we don't think the word of God is that powerful to cleanse us from our wicked ways. And so we live in a, a false notion that I'm not worthy. Well, let me just help you out. Nobody under the sound of my voice is worthy. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. Nobody in here is worthy. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yes or no? Yes? I mean, you can go to the worst person, to the, the cleanest person, and nobody's worthy. You can have a goody two-shoes, and they can lock themselves in. They never cuss. They never talk. They never, they never they do all things good, and they still messed up. There is, and they're not worthy. And God, before Christ, put us all in the same boat. We wasn't worthy, was we? Hello? Hello? Nobody was worthy. Nobody. You're not worthy, y'all. You're not worthy. The only reason why you are worthy is because of Jesus. He died for your sins. And in Isaiah, it talks about he released us from the power of transgressions, the power of iniquities, and the power of sin and cleansed us with his own blood so that we can be worthy because of his mercy and because of his grace. So you can't be worthy, I can't. We're messed up anyway, right? We couldn't get out of this situation even if we had a scheme and a plan. It just would not work. The only way that we got out was God's arm came down and saved us and put you into a place where you are counted worthy. Now, the Bible makes this statement. It says, and, he, and remember, the word has everything that we need. How many know the word has everything we need? The plain to life and godliness, right? What he done, and I'm going to have to quit because I'm time running out. It's, it says that what he did was he did this. He says, Here's a cause for everybody in here. Everybody turn to it. I think it's for, uh, Saint, uh, uh, First John. He put uh, chapter number three, I think. He put. Saint, uh, First John cleanse. Give me a minute, please. And okay. First uh, John, chapter. Okay, and then there's another one, Jew, a Jew. Okay, so. If you messed up, let's say you messed up this morning, 
I'm not going to say who did. But if you messed up this morning, let's just say you messed up this morning, you come to church, you say, I'm feeling really down. I don't feel like I'm worthy to worship the Lord, all of that. Okay? Notice what the scripture says. It says, this message, that you, and starting with verse number five, it says, and then this is the message which you have heard and declare unto you that God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not, and do not the truth. And do not the truth. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, which means revelation, if we walk in the revelation of God's word, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all, what? Verse number eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is what? So on your best day, you still messed up. But if we confess, what it says, if we confess our what? If we confess our sins, guess what it says? He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our what? And to cleanse us from what? All what? It says cleanse us from what? Cleanse us from what? All what? Unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we maketh him a liar, and his, and his word is not in us. So if you messed up this morning, in your heart, you recognize that you have done something wrong against the word of God. Then guess what? You have an advocate. You have somebody that's between. And if you confess your sins, guess what's going to happen to your sins? It's going to be forgiven. Somebody said they're going to be forgiven. He'll cleanse you from your unrighteousness. He'll cleanse you from your transgressions. He'll cleanse you from your iniquities. He'll cleanse you from all of that stuff so that you can go right back to the place that you stopped. And some people have sat right there because of the one thing that they have done in their life instead of saying, Lord, I am really sorry that I have violated your word. I have transgressed and I'm sorry. I confess my sin. I confess the areas of my life that I have transgressed. Remember, transgression is you violated a relationship that you were intact with. That's what transgression actually, it talks about. I have violated our good relationship. So I've done something to cause our relationship to split. And all, you know, most, like most friends, if somebody that's a friend to you actually comes up to you and they did something, violated you, and they said, can we talk about this? I'm really sorry. What happens? The friendship is what? Restore what you did so that the friendship and the gathering can be what? Restored. And guess what? You keep walking. See, but we think carnally, and I'm going to have to stop. We think carnally, so what we think is that the person that I've just confessed to is going to be observing me to see if I fall again. Because we're thinking on this level. But if you think from God's level, he says, I'm going to take your sins and I'm going to throw it into the what? See, to be what? To remember no more. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to start off in our relationship like that there's nothing ever happened. Isn't that good news? That's like Dean. He said, isn't that good news? 
So you never have to worry about the area of your life that causes you or cuts you off from the authority that God has given you. See, the reason why we can't walk in authority is because we have no faith in the authority that God has given us. Um, let's stand on our feet. I'm going to, because I'm out of time. I'm going to have to come back. I haven't, I haven't got to the heavenlies yet. And um, I want you to, uh, to, to know this. Um, I've got to say this last thing. Your authority is only given by God. The authority and the limitation is dependent upon, first of all, your assignment. Somebody said assignment. You can write this down and say, I have an assignment for assignments and others, and that's God's way he does it. If you have an assignment, then he'll give you authority to fulfill that assignment. Okay. Your authority is based on you building your, your faith. The ability to buy, you, you have to have the ability to build your faith Why? by abiding in him. Psalms 91 says, he that um, um, abideth in the what? Secret place of the most high. Okay. If you look at that scripture, the front of that scripture, you'll find out that this place is a hiding place in him. That when you're going through troubles and when you don't know what to do, you can hide yourself in him. And by abiding in him, he will strengthen you and hide you from whatever the enemy is trying to do in your life. This is where we build our faith at. This is where we can build our faith at by abiding in him. We abide in his word. We abide in who he is. Through the revelation of the, Lord, the love of the we got to capture the heart of God. And when we capture the heart of God, that we means we've got to love his word. Some people don't love the word of God. Okay? But the Bible talks about meditate on thy word day and night. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. It says, meditate on thy word day and night. But he also talks about, he tells Joshua before he gets to that, he said, Joshua, wherever you step your feet feet to, this is where we take authority, wherever you place your feet on, because I've all, knows, he says, I've already given it to, to you. But some, some, foreign, some foreign invaders have come and took what I gave you. Okay? There are things that the enemy have taken from you that is already yours, and you haven't took it back yet. And so what the Bible tells us is that when he tells Joshua, he says, Joshua, wherever you play, now you can take back as much as you want, wherever you place your feet on, because I gave you everything, but if you want to take this back, place your feet on it and take the land. See, these are all symbolic of what we're supposed to do in the New Testament. So the enemy will try to keep you from knowing who you are in him by ca causing you to be deceived in where you walk at. Okay? So he says, uh, Joshua, wherever you place your feet on is yours. But in order to make sure you obtain this, you've got to abide in my word. Meditate on my word day and night, and it will be well with thee. He said, you will possess the land if you keep and abide in the word. Somebody said, I'm going to abide in the word. You're going to abide in the word, and what you're going to do is manifest the love of God because you're abiding in the word, because your heart is attached to his heart, and you have his purpose. Remember the three purposes most of you should know about well. He loves souls. He loves his church. Seek after him. Him that seek shall find, right? It said, he that comes to God must first that he believe that he is and that he's a believer of them that do what? Diligently seek him. You're, he's re, he'll reward you for diligently. So you have to be a seeker. To be a seeker, it means Psalms 24, 1 through 6, you got to be able to ascend into the hill of the Lord. Okay? If you know there's something valuable up the hill, if there was a million dollars up the hill, I'm not going to let you raise your hand. Or ask you if, uh, well, let me put it like this. If there was a trillion dollars up on that hill, and they said, if you want the trillion dollars, go after it. How many would go after it? In your weak state, you still go after it. You might be crippled, and you're in a wheelchair, you'll still go after it. 
you'll find a way because you are seeking to go into the hill of the Lord, right? And if you go into the hill of the Lord, what he says is that you got to have what kind of hands? You got to have clean hands, right? Ascending to the hill of the Lord, you got to have clean hands and a clean heart. It means that while you're traveling up the hill, there's going to be a process of cleansing that's going to take place. So when you get when you get there, your hands will be clean. Your heart will be clean because you've been through process. That's why he says go up the hill to the high place. And this is where we need to learn how to ascend into the high place. When we ascend into the high place, we have to get rid of all the junk that's in our hearts so that we can be before the Lord with clean hands. Okay? These are keys in or obtaining your authority in him. There's a lot more. I don't have time to go over it. But you've got to be able to get to a place that you know that you have authority in Christ because of who you are, because you've been with him. You know who you are because you've been with what? With him. And so those of you that are going through right now, if you've got any kind of issues, problems in your body, you've got any problems in your home, you've got any situation that in your home, if you've got a situation that's going on to try to destroy your mind, your heart, your family, and all that, that is a work of the devil. Stop looking at the person that's doing it. It's not the person. It's the person being influenced by a work of the enemy. So you have to know that this is the work of the enemy. So I'm, my job is to dismantle that work. Somebody said, I'm going to dismantle the work. For this purpose, were you born again, that you can dismantle or destroy the works, problems, or any situation that's going on in your home, in the finances, or any of those kinds of things, it is a work of the devil. Somebody say, it's the work of the devil. And so, because God is not going to make you poor. God is not going to destroy your family. God is not, going, God is not in the business of doing any of that kind of foolishness. That's not God's word. God's word is to prosper you in the knowledge of him and prosper you so that can, people can see the glory of the Lord up on your life. Amen? So if you want to literally be prosperous in God, you have to allow God to work on you so you understand who you are. So when you ascend into the high place, you're not speaking from an earthly standpoint, help, I need help, I need help, I need you to help me, Lord. I send this from the sanctuary. You are in the place that you are saying, Lord, Father, send the warring angels down. Send breakthrough angels down because I sit here with you and I've got authority. So, Father, by your word that you have declared that you have given it to me, send breakthrough right now. Send the healing touch right now. Send it because you are in the place of authority, right? Stop hoping and praying, y'all. Command from your place that God has given you. And you'll find out that your work will be much easier. You'll be able to rest. You know, you know, Pastor Vince came up here yesterday. We had three chairs, and he came back, and he came and sat down, and he was just relaxed. He started to get up. He said, just relax. He came and sat back like this. You're working too hard, y'all. Y'all working too hard. Y'all wearing your voices out. Y'all wearing your body out. And the enemy is saying, you're not saying it right anyway, so say it louder. Maybe he'll hear you. Instead of coming from a place that I know who I am in Christ, if I call your name, if I call you out of your name, you're not going to respond to me. But if I call you by your name, you'll respond. Amen? And there's a lot of people that the enemy is calling you by name, out of your name, and you're responding to him. Why are you responding to what he says? 
I tell people, I, I, I tell people all the time, sometimes, you, you know, the cold's been going around, right? The flu. Yeah. Y'all made a mistake, didn't y'all? I got a cold. I got this. I got that. You said that, and what happened is it got worse because you claim something that you didn't even have to have. You might try to feel it come upon you, but you don't have to receive it. You can say, hmm, that virus is trying to get me. Well, let me go in my high place. Move out of the way. Leave here. Leave my household. Leave the premises. Leave me and leave me alone. I got too much Christ work to do. Are you listening to me? I'm not saying this stuff come overnight. You got to ascend into this. You got to walk into this. But you need to understand who you are in Christ and stop letting anything and everything overtake you. Amen? You ought to tell somebody next to you right now and say, I'm bringing the glory in right now. I'm going to bring glory in right now. Maybe you need to ask them a real whisper, just whisper and say, you need to, are you sick? You need some healing today? I got some authority that I want to use today on somebody that's got an enemy working on them. Amen. <laughs> How many got pain, pain in your body? Look, ain't nobody going to raise their hand. <laughs> you got pain in your body? Just raise your hand. Okay, you got one. Anybody else? Anybody? We got one person. Okay. Remember, we in church, y'all. Some of you got chronic conditions. I blood up like that. The majority of people do. Because we're not eating right. Or exercising right. But God can take care of that too. If you make a, a vow to eat right. <laughs> Maybe after the holiday. <laughs> We're going to pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus and Pastor Starler, whatever's ailing her, we declare that's going to go away because we stand in the place of authority. We're going to destroy it. And if you got anything that's going on, see, some people got some secret things going on. Amen. And I'll just call them out. Sometimes we got bowel problems. Nobody's saying nothing. You don't understand. We got problems in our stomachs, our blood systems, and stuff like that. And then when they call out in church, you don't want to say nothing. That's okay. There was this doctor that when I went to Toronto, he had a problem in his uh, urinary tract. And he didn't want to tell everybody. He didn't want to say it out loud. The pastor called and said, says, somebody here that got, uh, you know, problems in their, in their tract, in their uterine tract. And he didn't want to say anything. But all of a sudden, he's, he, you know, he, 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 tells me to come over and, I, and he whispers in my ear that I got a problem you know with going to the bathroom I don't know why I'm talking about this it must be somebody got a problem but anyway he says I don't have to. so we pray for him and after that word came back and said he said he had to go to the bathroom amen bathroom but if you don't go to the bathroom there's a problem y'all amen and people have problems right now and it's going on right now in their body, and you don't want to say anything about it. But you need to acknowledge it. It don't mean you have to tell everybody in the, your business. That, that's not the point. The point is you need to acknowledge that you've got issues in this particular area so God can touch you. Amen? So grab the hand of the person next to you. And
whatever the issue is. Ascend. Ascend into the high place, the place where you sit. Come boldly before the throne of the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you right now for what you're about to do in this place. Just everybody just begin to just worship the Lord. And just, before we pray, you, you just begin to worship the Lord. Say, Lord, I thank you for your mighty power. I thank you for the place of authority that we have in you. I thank you, Father, by, by your grace and by your mercy, Father. You touched us and you healed us and you delivered us and you set us free. I thank you right now, Father, for every area of, of our lives that you have touched. I thank you right now, Lord, that, Lord, I'm going to begin to walk in the authority that you have given me because, Lord, I want to touch your heart. I want to do what you have called me to do. I thank you right now, Father, for everything that you have done in my life. I give you glory. I give you praise. I thank you right now for everything that you are doing in my life. I thank you for the move of the Spirit. Lord, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But your word shall go forth with might and power. We will destroy the work of the enemy, Lord, because this is our bath. This is what you have called us to do. This is what we're, this is our purpose, Father, that we can go all in the world and we can declare your word, declare your gospel, and the power of the kingdom of God will be resident and it will heal, it will deliver, it will set free. It will cause the devils to be set on the run because of your goodness and because of your kindness. I thank you, Father, that your name is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every sickness and every disease and every devil and every demon and every assignment will bow to your name. I thank you right now, Father, that we live and we move in you. Lord, we are existence in you. There is no weapon that will form against us that shall prosper. I thank you for the authority that you have given us through the grace through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we stand in high places and we sit in high places. And we thank you for the authority that you have given us in you. I praise you right now, Father. Touch, heal, deliver. Lord, we take our authority and we rebuke the enemy. We rebuke every sickness. We rebuke every disease. We rebuke every single work of the enemy right now because the kingdom of God is here now and we are your people and we will stand now in the name of Jesus. I give you glory right now. Father, stretch up your hand over this congregation. Show them that you are the king of glory. Show them that you are the mighty one of Israel. Show them that those no weapon, Lord, formed against us shall prosper because you are our hiding place. You are the place in which we live. You are the one that we sing to. You are the one that we look at. You are the one, Lord, that we love. You are the one that we abide in. There is none like you, and we praise you. We magnify your glorious name. Your name is exalted. Your name is exalted in this place. Heal, deliver, set free by that name, Jesus. We call it now in the name of Jesus. We declare it now. We praise you. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. And Scarlet, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we come against any ailment, any pain in our body, and we declare it leaves now in the name of Jesus. We declare your power is mounting. Your power is great. There's no other power other than your power. We thank you now, Father, for it. And we glorify you. Now, Father, touch legs and limbs. Lord, touch minds and hearts. 
change minds, change hearts, that your name will be exalted in this place. We give you the glory, and we give you the honor, and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Somebody give a mighty hand of praise right now. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I magnify you. I glorify you. You're wonderful. You're great. There's no other God but you. I praise you. And I magnify your glorious name. There's nobody else like you. At the name of Jesus, every demon shall flee. Every assignment is canceled. We thank you, Father, for it. In the name of Jesus, we praise you for it. Now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah.